welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast number 13. Today we've got a special guest, Kylie Ray. Super excited to have her on and um, hear her story and her knowledge and experience about what she's up to, where she's been and her future plans. But Kylie's come from a corporate background of being a bank manager and owning a coffee shop to then becoming an assistant principal which is pretty exciting, um, complete change of atmosphere there. And or then also then became a life coach, right? So, which is what we're all about, working with the mind, behaviors, habits, emotions, everything we do on a daily basis. Um, and Kylie's managed to bring all these worlds into one, which is exciting. So welcome, Kylie. Thank you for joining me today. Um, You're welcome. Happy to be here. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. So I guess... Let's start with a little bit more of your background. Like, where have you come from and to bring you to where you are right now? Well, as you said, I've had a few different careers. So I was a bank manager, owned a coffee shop, um, had some children, decided that um, I'd go into a career that I thought would be family friendly. Um, so I became a teacher. And um, right from my second year of teaching, uh, my principal at the time said to me, where do you want to be in five years? And I probably knew that I didn't want to stay in the classroom for the rest of my career, although I love working with children. I just knew I'd want more. Um, so I started to seek out more study, did some postgrads, did some certificates, finally did my master's in educational leadership um, and became an assistant principal. So Ooh, I've been doing that nice. for years. And along there, there's also a personal growth journey. And so um, I've always sought out learning for myself and I did a lot of that in my master's because there was a lot of um, self-reflective component in that which was really good I think you need to know yourself to be able to lead people um, so that wanted me to uh, seek more and I then became um, a life coach did some training in life coaching and enjoyed that also realized that there wasn't enough there I needed some more and I suppose I had met you along that journey. Hey, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. And you have um, a lot of you had a lot of skills that I was looking for as well. But I originally probably came to you because I knew I, um, when you're in the exercise world as well, to do some PT because I knew I needed to become more vulnerable myself to be able to help me further my journey. And so working out with you was. Um, I was very vulnerable, I thought. And um, I also knew that you had some skills to be able to support me emotionally and um, psychologically and unconsciously and consciously. So that's where I started. And then when you told me what you did, that's when I started to do the, um, I knew I had heard about NLP, knew how powerful that could be. But then also the timeline therapy and the hypnotherapy comes as a package. So that's why I did some training with you and Todd um, because I knew I needed more as a coach to be able to help my clients because the coaching I was doing was great educationally, but there's that unconscious level to get to. So I needed to do that. Um, and then um, because I'm still an assistant principal, um, I work with people all day, every day. My job is people-based. So I needed some more skills to support the staff and the students and the parents at school. So that's how you say they all came together. So I use it both in my personal life, in my uh, career working life, and in my life coaching life. 
Wow, that's awesome. So I guess that's a, that's a fair bit to take on over the years. Um, what sort of challenges were you facing coming from the corporate world to then moving into the school and life coaching world? What sort of challenges were you facing going through those sort of changes? Well, as I said, there was personal challenges. So you need to be the best version of yourself and to believe in yourself. So probably that's where I was starting. Um, I wanted to know about me um, and to find out about me, you work in relationships with other people that you find out about yourself. So um, the people I was working with in the school world, it mostly I was very evolving. I didn't just all of a sudden get there type thing. Um, I learned about me, how to interact with other people, but I did realize that I went into leadership that I needed um, more skills about how people behave, why do they behave the way they do, what's the best way to get um, the best out of them, um, so that it's a win-win-win, you know, win for me, win for them, win for the greater good type thing. So it was always very much about, um, I wanted to understand people, and I love, we all love people watching. Um, and I got a few more skills up your sleeve understand why they people behave the way they do and then what can I do to help them be the best version of them and to get the most out of it for all of us because with even with um education I bring it back always to the child it's about the child what can I get out of it for the child they're at the center so sometimes we're going to have challenges with both parents and with staff because emotions get involved well how can I keep us all at a um um, or calm way to, to get the outcome that we want for the child. So if you've got a few strategies and um, up your sleeve, everybody wins. Yeah, that's awesome. So you mentioned that you're trying to um, improve the child's life, right? So what are the challenges you're facing between children and the parents? Is there any there or even take it one step further between the staff. So you've got your staff, your children, then the parents, like there's three different elements there um, that you're playing with. And obviously I come from a broken family that, you know, having two different ways or structures to raise a child creates you know, a lot of tension. There's a lot of different things going on. How did you overcome those and what sort of challenges are you facing at the moment with it? Good question. <laughs> so we're, uh, I'll start with, um, let's just start with the children. Mm, um, good spot. Yeah, I have, I suppose I've learned um, some more strategies now to support them. So I can give you a couple of examples. Yep. You know, just little things like um, one of the best ways and quickest ways to change a state is through movement. So just knowing that one little snippet has helped me with kids. So when kids come to my office because they're having some challenges in the classroom, um, often I won't just sit down and have a chat to them. It'll be, let's go and chat because they're moving. So they're moving to change their state. Um, I've been in the playground and you've got little ones kind of sitting in the corner, what looks like sulking because they're sad because their friends won't let them join in or whatever. And I've used the strategy of, you know how to do a cartwheel? And they'll go, yeah. I said, well, can you show me? Yeah. So they get up and they do cartwheels and you see their state change very quickly because they're moving. So just that one 
steps been able to help. I have teachers who will come to me and say that the cohort that they're working with, the children are struggling with friendships. And so I've gone into classrooms and actually done lessons with kids, friendships. And so what I mostly talk about is the power of their language. And I look at um, words like try and but and um, why me and things like that. And so I teach them about how powerful their language is, language is and the energetic level of their language. Um, and then I also say, ask them the question, who do you speak to the most? And I've done this with children from um, grade two up to grade six. And the question, the answer I'm looking for is yourself. So we're looking at your self-talk to help them with their internal dialogue, which then helps them with their external dialogue and then give them some um, tips and tricks on how to be the best friend. So we write a quality. So what would be the, um, the qualities of your best friend, what you would want in a best friend? And they love it and they write all that down. And then, okay, well then what in that list could you be more of so that you can look for that in your friends as well? So there's some things I've done with kids. So that's just directly with them. It's um, awesome. Wow. Language is super powerful though, isn't it? It, it determines everything that you do. Like um, for instance, Todd and I started doing ice baths this year and yeah. I remember the very first day I jumped in, I literally lasted less than one minute and yeah. the whole time. And the reason for that was the whole time before leading up to it, I was telling myself, damn, this is going to be so cold. Oh, it's going to be so hard. Um, I can't do this. Oh, maybe I should start later when it's warmer, things like this. But now I've like, as of yesterday, example, um, it was sitting at about three, four degrees and I lasted well over 10 minutes. Uh, so, and the difference is I'm getting excited to jump in because I understand the benefits of wrapping behind it. Um, but also the language, the self-talk that I'm utilizing while I'm in there directly and before I get in. So it's yeah. helping so much with things to, you know, to be able to bear through certain things. Um, but also, as you'd know, being inside my gym as well and training with me that words like can't, and try, yeah. oh, they're big no-nos for me, right? Can't's not a, it adds limitations to your life. It's not a moving forward sort of word to use. And every time you utilize it, it's limiting you to something, right? Yeah. So that's the big C-bomb for me, can't. But um, try as well, you mentioned that as well. And you know, for me, try is not an action word. It's not a committed word. And when people are no. using those words like, oh, I'll try and get there or I'll try and do that, you're not making a yes or no decision committed or committed decision, are you? You're just saying, no. yeah, and may or may not. I say that with kids with that homework, take it down to kids level, you know, and I say to them, if you'll say, I'll try and write a better paragraph, I'll try and do my homework. They get it when you talk about it like that. But I was mm. talking today about it. And we actually had made posters at school that said, um, All, a mistake is a good thing as long as you try. It was something like that. And the poster was behind me when I was talking to the kids. And one little boy puts his hand up and says, you've just told us not to say try and it's on the poster behind us. So they, they want to soak it all up and they want to take it all in. We have to model that. Um, mm. And that's one of the things we've done. And when you talk about language, I did some... Um, personal coaching with, I've done about 
30 staff at school. So they've done um, 10 week lots of coaching with me. And so every um, week for an hour we meet, I met with 30 of them over the last couple of years. And one of the, when we got to the language, um, we talked about, but, and if you think when teachers write report cards, they'll say, um, Dean's doing very well with two digit multiplication, but he's struggling with division. Now, all the parent has seen is the child is struggling with div division, but they haven't um, celebrated that you can do double digit multiplication. So when I taught that to the staff, they changed how they write the report cards. And now Dean can, is doing very well double digit addition um, and um, with the continued practices improving his um, division. It's so different. Um, and so that was um, mind blowing when I saw the report cards change because of that. So that was wonderful. That's crazy. Three little letters make such yeah. big differences, right? The word, but yeah. you were close. Although mine always said, but he was a distraction in class. Yes. <laughs> For some reason I have, I struggle to sit still always. I like to be up and I active. I've got so much energy. I need to be utilizing it all the time. Um, so yeah, <laughs> a distraction. Yeah. I got through it and I was really good at it. So. And you want a teacher who will see that as a, um, as a, as a positive. Mm. Imagine, if, um, imagine if my teachers back then, and you could, they could be utilizing it with kids these days, were noticed that I had a bunch of energy and I wasn't focused well on what was going on by sitting still. But if they got me up and said, hey, like, let's talk about maths, let's evolve maths into movement. Imagine how yeah. quickly I would have picked up the learnings. Right? Yeah. And I wouldn't well, you have. You know felt how somebody learns. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Utilize what they've got instead of putting them down and um, labeling them as, oh, this kid's a slow learner or whatever, because Todd and I were both labeled these things when we were, when we were younger, ADD, ADHD, blah, blah, blah. Instead, we just had heaps of energy. Yeah. Imagine how different things would have been if they had worked with us as what our powers or our strengths were and evolved that into our learning style. Yeah. Crazy, right? And so I guess that comes down to you. How have you adjusted? Because, you know, there's that stigma that schools are, just have the one learning style and they teach all kids the exact same. How are you, how are you adapting that with your kids? Yeah, um, schools have come a long way and there's a lot of differentiation that happens now. Um, so teachers are always looking for different ways to be able to alter the learning for children. So, um, I would hope that you would, if you were back at school now, you wouldn't experience exactly what you experienced prior. So we are always looking for different ways. And it is, you're individualising for nearly every child in your class. It's not, let's just teach the fact. So it has changed. Do you think it makes it harder working with individual oh, kids? Very much harder. It's, that's one of the biggest challenges of teachers is to how do I... Um, because teachers love kids and they want them to learn and they want them to be able to get the best that they can. And when you've got children in their class with lots of energy, with hearing disabilities, with um, or anxiety, and also extra clever who need to be extended, it's there could be 15 different ways of teaching the same concept. It's tricky. Mm. So, so how, how would um, teachers go about 
improving that skill, I guess, and making things easier for them? Like what, what are the sort of things that you put in place um, and how are they going about it? We send um, teachers to go and watch other teachers teach to see how they're doing things. They go to professional learning. Um, they come and goal set with me. So though every teacher has to set goals with me every beginning of every year. And then we check in on them um, throughout the year type thing. And okay, so I'm looking at doing this. Well, how are we going to go about it? What actions can you take? Um, and then keep checking in. So um, most teachers are, are lifelong learners and they do want to find out how the best to do for their children. So there are a couple of the things that we do. Oh, that's really good. And I've taught them, do you know how, when I've trained with you um, in the coaching world, um, we learnt the, um, the best to get to the learning state. Mm -hmm. So I've taught that I've gone into classrooms in grade two and children how to get into learning state. So there's seven. Amazing. And then I've also done it with the staff because I know when I'm in um, learning meetings, um, taking it all in and you're writing down notes, but you've, the presenter has gone ahead and you've lost it. But getting into that learning mm. state makes a difference. So I've taught that to the staff as well as to some kids as well. Yeah, it's super powerful, right? Yes. It's, like there's so much information coming in every day that we, you know, we can't take it all on at once. So there's ways that, and just for you guys watching, there's ways that we can get into a certain state to be able to take on a bit more or to notice a bit more or to, you know, to sort information out better so we can retain more information. Right? It's super powerful. We call it the learning state. Um, and as Kylie said, works for, is working for kids of the age of seven and up. Like, that's powerful, right? getting kids yeah. to, re to retain more information, to learn better. That's awesome. It's not hard. It's pretty easy. Mm. And how's the connection between the staff and the parents with that, with the learning styles and things? You mean... Um, is, there, is there challenges that they're facing? Is there, you know, is there a certain way they're going about it? Um, are parents adapting to the different ways of learning? Well, we communicate with parents all the time. So every time um, your ch there's been a, um, the learning has been differentiated for a child, parents are contacted. So um, they're contacted by emails, by meetings, by bringing them in, showing them how you're doing things, what can you do at home as well, this is what we're doing here. So now parents want to, they, they're quite happy if you're communicating with them all the time and letting them know how you're supporting their child. So no, they're happy with that. If That's you're not communicating, with them and you're not supporting their child that's when they're not happy that's awesome and is there a an improvement that you're seeing in the the parents or the you know from having working with the children having them go home and apply all the new habits and behaviors they're doing is that then ripple affecting onto the parents at all that you've noticed yeah and you do hear parents talk to you about what they've um learned at school um, especially around the language and with friendships and things like that. Um, and I think that gets parents thinking that, because that's, that's what we're kind of missing in schools, isn't it? Is that um, how to learn, how to understand yourself, how to understand other people. And they're the actual um, skills that we require for the future. So mm. schools are looking at what do we need to do to prepare children for the future that is unknown. And they're some of the... Um, 
the skills and talents that um, through that you offer through coaching and through NLP and through all that kind of stuff that um, the kids and their families need to move into the future. If you can have great interpersonal skills, um, that's where the negotiations and the communicating to be able to and collaborating for the future world that's coming. Yeah, it's important, right? Yeah. We're, and so, go on. Oh, no, go. I won't, I won't stop you from uh, <laughs> chatting away. No, I was just going to talk about parents in general. Um, so how I've been able to use some of the strategies that I've learned um, through NLP and coaching, and that's mostly getting into rapport with people. I think that was the it's a, I, most people work in people orientated industries or have relationships in some way, whether it be with their spouse, their children, their families, colleagues, and being able to remember, we know that people like people who are like them or who they want to be like. And so when somebody walks into my office, the first thing I do is work on being in rapport with them. Um, so getting into rapport and being present and that, if nothing else, have been the best skills that I've learned. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. Being present. Uh, wow, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the biggest issues that we have or challenges that we face every day these days, just as humans, because there's so much going on that how many times are we always looking for at the future or what's next? And instead of just working or wondering what's happening right now, how often are we stuck on our phones scrolling Facebook and wondering what everyone else is doing, right? Yeah. Just being present right here and right now can connect those relationships so much stronger. I see, because we do a lot of relationship coaching as well, I see a lot of relationship breakdowns is because of the, the presence that's um, in that relationship. You know, there'll be challenges like, oh, he's always on his phone and he's not showing me any love or when I'm listening or when I'm talking, they're not listening, right? So it's, being present can stop so many different things. Just want to, you know, being in the now and worrying about what's going on right now rather than what's going to happen tomorrow or what's going to happen in five years' time, especially with all this coronavirus stuff, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People and you feel it. And it feels so nice when you are present with somebody. Um, you're connected um, better. You are listening to what they're saying. You know, you listen to hear what they say rather than listen to reply. Um, whether it's with children or staff or with parents, um, that's the first step, I think. They walk in, they sit down, you truly hear them um, and be present with them and then you can um, walk, move forward. Because most people who come to see me, of course, have a challenge of some kind. Mm -hmm. you, you want to um, acknowledge them where they're at. Um, and empathize with them and then be able to move forward. So that presence is, I don't I just, I like the feeling of it. So surely the people that are, you're with must like the feeling of it. And then um, for some who come in a bit more heightened, it's, it's actually really fun to get into rapport with them. Yeah. You know, to, okay, can we get on the same page here and how can I do that? And that's been fun. And I, I, I myself will, you know, match and mirror their behaviours and um, look for their eye, um, their, where their eyes are going to see how they're thinking. There's also what words they're using, whether they're using, you know, hearing words, visual words or whatever, 
to be able to, and not because you're trying to manipulate the system in any way, it's just that you want that person to feel comfortable with you mm. and then um, move forward to find a solution to the challenge that they presented with. Um, and it's, it's fun to, to do, and it's fun to watch a room where people aren't in rapport with each other. Yeah, most definitely. There's a massive disconnection, isn't it, when people aren't in rapport? And rapport is just, um, you know, being liked. Or you know, have you ever been in a, in a situation where someone's been there and you can feel that energy where it's negative and you're like, hmm, that, that person's not going to talk to me. They've got no interest whatsoever. But then you've been in another situation when the connection's been so strong. That's rapport. Right? It's being in connection with someone. Um, so like all those techniques that you just mentioned, obviously NLP techniques, um, how are they learning that technique of NLP? How's that really improved? Like what, what were you doing before you knew NLP? What are you doing now? How's the change? Any challenges learning it? Those sort of things. I think that um, I'm more conscious of um, strategies to use to be able to get me into rapport, whereas I probably didn't know the strategies. I'm conscious um, of using them all the time. Um, so really, as soon as someone walks in my door, I kind of click into, okay, get into rapport mode. Um, I feel that I'm deaf, it brings me more present. Um, I, want, I was probably working on being more present with people before I knew the strategies, but by knowing the strategies now, um, I know that I can get into rapport more quickly and um, they feel more comfortable, I feel more comfortable. So, it has so with most people it's easy. I suppose when people walk in my office, it's easy. There are people on staff I, I know that I have which uh, my relationships aren't as strong with, and so I have made it a um, a goal of mine to get into rapport with them, um, so that we so I can feel comfortable and so they can feel comfortable. Um, so that's not as easy. I probably have to be extra conscious of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll say this, I'll do that, I'll behave this way, I'll compliment that way or whatever. Um, but I know it must have worked because I've actually had um, a particular staff member who was a little bit more, I felt more challenging, actually sit down and open up to me and ask me, how do I fix this relationship with somebody else? And I thought, wow, this person's really bearing their soul to me. And all I really did was just little... Trinkets, not tricks, trinkets along the way that help me help them feel more valued um, and more important so they can do that. So, yeah, mm. I have a lot of people tell me that they feel um, that I'm very present with them. And in the beginning, I had to um, consciously work on it, but now I think it's just become part of who I am. Yeah, nice. So, on that then, um, I know there's a lot of people that I come in contact with that just think that life just happens and that's how it is, that I am who I am because that's who I am and that's who I was made to be. So, whatever, I'll just go with it. Um, by the sounds of what you're saying is that we can adapt to any situation and the more we understand and open our mind to what's possible and know that there's programs and strategies and systems that we run internally. And the more you understand that, the better you can influence yourself and influence others, right? Is that correct? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Mm. You need to, um, well, I, from the beginning we started speaking, it was about understanding me 
and then understanding how I react with other people and how I interact with other people so that, as I said, win, win, win. Um, but you have to be um, open to it mm -hmm. and think out different ways and then you have to practice them. And yeah. I'm not perfect at everything, um, of course. I don't remember them all, um, but I do remember enough to be able to, I think, make me successful in my job. Yep. So if someone was here listening to you right now, um, listening to this recording, they were sitting here thinking, oh, it's, it's easy for her. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's an assistant principal. She's got all the charisma, the characteristics and everything. How would, how would you respond to that? <laughs> I reckon I've had to work really hard um, in a lot of areas. When I say hard, but I wanted to. So it wasn't hard because I wanted to. But um, like you talked about you came from a broken family, I came from a broken family. Um, my marriage ended. Um, so I've, had, I've been on a really big journey to get to where I'm at, but I continually sort out version of me and so what are some strategies that can help me and so that's probably where I came to with all these places so it didn't just come naturally I had to work really really hard but I wanted to feel good and I wanted to be um, good at what I do and I wanted to feel whole and not broken and so there's a lot of healing that has gone along the way and I did some work with Todd and with you um, in the timeline therapy and bits and pieces um, because that was the stuff that I needed to get to at the unconscious level. Um, so yeah, it doesn't just happen. It is um, you consciously seek out growth. Mm. Um, I know I love people who um, seek out um, answers and want to be the best version of them and, and want to help themselves. And um, I suppose if there's any way that I can help other people with that too, I, I'd like to, you want to kind of give back. But yeah, it doesn't, there's a lot of work that happens to get there. And I'm definitely there, but it's um, not, not a bad life. So it's a never ending thing. Yeah. Yeah. So was there any triggers? Myself. Was there any triggers or anything that you go through daily? Because obviously, you know, you said there was broken down marriages, you felt broken. Was there something there that, that made you think, no, nah, I, I really need to do something today? so I can be better tomorrow? Um, a trigger. <laughs> um, no, I think as um, I've journeyed through singledom. Um, singledom, nice word. <laughs> <laughs> if a relationship um, didn't quite work out, you question yourself again. What is, what is wrong with me? You know, you ask yourself those kinds of questions. And so um, I want to be responsible for that. So I would um, seek out another way of doing things. So I'd be going down this path and it didn't work for me. So I would go in another direction. So a lot of self-worth, um, but I have worked on that. And I would say mostly now I wouldn't say that I'm not good enough. Whereas before I would have. Mm -hmm. um, even when people might say, yes, she's beautiful and she's got this happening, she's got that happening, doesn't always, <laughs> it doesn't always, that's not what I always think, but I have um, worked on that a lot. I think you have to 
love yourself before other people can love you. And I don't have it down pat, by all means. I can still fall back into that, but I know how to get mm. out of it. And I think that's the trick, is that you're allowed to um, slip, but always get back up. And I, I probably slip less than I used to. Mm. So, good. It's a conditioning thing, right? Like we're, we're human. There's always going to be challenges thrown at us all the way through life. And you, you were saying there before that about how you're questioning yourself. This is where the power of language comes in, right? So the questions you ask yourself is going to determine what answers you get and the quality of those questions is going to determine the quality of your answers. So the always say the better your questions, the better your answers, right? So if you're constantly, if you do have a challenge thrown at you, and this is the same with your kids and the parents and the staff as well. If, you start becoming aware of the language you're using with your questions. So, Hey, why am I, why am I not getting this? Blah, blah. And you're using negative sort of questions rather than, all right, what can I learn from the situation? How can I make this better? So I, I don't have to go through this again and have a positive sort of question on it. It's a lot easier to move through that challenge. Right. If I, my, my go on. Oh God, I was going to say, if I come up to a brick wall and you know, I'm constantly saying, oh, why is this brick wall here? I can't run through it. I can't push it. I'm always going to be behind that brick wall. But if I start asking questions like, all right, cool. What, what can I learn from this brick wall being here? Is there any other way around it? Is there a way to get over it? Is there a way to get under it? I'm going to get better, question, uh, better answers, aren't I? So it's the same yeah, with every time. Yeah, I would say that um, I don't often um, ask that ask myself negative questions. I'm very aware of my self-talk. And even if I hear it go, and hardly ever, I mostly keep it positive. But my favorite question is, how can I? Oh, it's a great question. Yes. And so and I, I've taught that to kids. I've taught that to parents. I've taught that to staff. Um, but that's my, that's my favorite one. How can mm. I? How can I learn something from this? How can I um, find a way through this? Definitely my favorite one. And I'll just walk around the house sometimes going, not even a, no, nothing on the end of it. Just how can I, how can I, how can I? Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a powerful point. one, especially at this time right now with what's going on in the world, the craziness going on in the world. Um, obviously the coronavirus is a massive thing at the moment of this recording. If you're watching this in 10 years time, um, right. People have been questioned quite a few times over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's like, oh, it's okay for you because you've got everything together. I was like, no, in a matter of hours, the government shut my businesses down to nothing. I've got a family to support my wife. Her, she lost a job. So we're now incomeless, right? And in a matter of hours, that was tough to get through. And it wasn't the fact that, you know, I've got everything sorted and, and things like that and that I'm amazing, blah, blah. It's the fact that I started asking better questions like, all right, this is a challenge that's coming on. Yeah, I, I sat there for a bit just thinking, what the, right? Just trying to get my head around what the hell was going on. But the biggest questions I started asking is, all right, what can I do? There's a lot of what I can't do right now. What are the things I can do? Because when we use the words I can do or focus on what we can do, we can use something to move forward. And the best and most powerful question is, how can I make this happen? Right? If everything's going on, life's always changing. How can we make this happen? I've got to adapt. I've got to change. I've got to pivot. I've got to do whatever I can because at the end of the day, what I was doing is not going to work right now. If I'm relying on the government to tell me what I 
can and can't do, or I'm relying on everyone else telling me what I can and can't do, then I'm at the helm of them all the time. But if I take the, my power back, you're like, oh, what can I do personally? How can I be better? Because at the moment, what I was doing yesterday isn't working. What I do tomorrow has got to be completely different. So what do I do differently? And this could be the exact same thing. If we start teaching our kids this to ask better questions and the power that it's going to be providing them, wow, how much difference their life's going to be, especially the parents. How can I get a better result for my child? Imagine that, right? <laughs> you, you've, re, you've just reminded, this has been a great conversation because I'm oh, thank going you. back. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going back to school on Monday mm-hmm. and um, we're going back with a different education system. And I have a lot of teacher friends who are not necessarily using positive language and how they're responding to the system. Um, and I have been um, trying to work through how am I going to support them when I go back, because that's my job, to support mm. them to be versions of them so they're the best versions for the children. Um, and, yeah, I think I will talk around that. I'll remind them of the power of the language and the, and the better questions because we are in a different world at the moment. So what worked before doesn't work now. So what do, how can we ask better questions so that it feels nicer for us and also support um, yeah. with their children and for us? I don't think there's a problem with them not feeling like they're there for the children. Mm. They're worried about safety as well. So, um, but yeah, that's... It'll be good to be able to overcome that negativity when we get when they get back. Yeah, I believe there's so much opportunity right now. Like the internet has provided so much. Like, look at this. We're doing a podcast, and you're not even in the same room as us anymore. Anyway. <laughs> uh, this is amazing. There's so much opportunity out there, and at the end of the end of the day, people just want to live their life in a happy way. So, I guess when the teachers come back in. What do the kids actually need? What do they want? What do the teachers need? What do they want? Where are they at right now? Where do they want to be? And what are those challenges? The more aware you are of those challenges in between, it gives you a platform to work. Right? So cool if I say, okay, I, would, I need to be over here, but I'm over here. And I see the hurdles or the mountain, whatever it is. I can see that. I just see all the challenges and steps I need to take that are holding me back from getting over here. Awesome. How can I do one step at a time, solve one problem at a time, adapt, change, pivot, whatever's needed to get to where I need to be? Yes. It's a whole new world right now. Yeah, definitely. So, mm, awesome. All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share to have an impact on someone that may be listening right now? whether it's parents, teachers, career workers, anyone? I suppose the only only one little thing that I um, share with staff often, and that is um, the only meaning in anything is the meaning you put on it. And and the other, my other bit of advice that goes along with that is that you can't change anybody else. You can only change how you respond. And so um, those two insights can be life-changing when um, working with other people, when uh, facing challenges. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're the other ones that I go by a lot, that I share a lot. That's fantastic. Wow. If we take more responsibility for what we can do, the actions we can do, and understand that we're not someone else, we're us. 
everything, everything that's every choice we've made to get to this position has been our own then the more power we control, right? So you've got a really powerful mission in your life as we wrap this up. Um, just share that with uh, everyone. I'll share it. Yeah, what do you wanna, what's your mission? Yeah, so my mission in life is to experience love and growth. Yeah. The love is relationships um, and growth is to continually to learn and I'm going to learn through those relationships. And um, my mission to accomplish this is to continue to grow in relationship with myself and others as I help them grow in relationship with themselves. That's yeah. awesome. I've looked at that regularly because I wrote that three years ago um, to, and, I, and I haven't changed it since. It still feels true to me. It still feels who I am. And that to experience that love and growth, I can experience it in, in any job I do, in any place that I'm in, I just have to look for it. Mm. And I can only get love in an intimate relationship. I can't only get love um, with children. I can get it in so many different ways. And then the growth I can get not just through um, education that's formal, but I can get it through interacting with other people and experiences and learnings. And yeah, it's, that, feels, that feels nice to me. That's awesome. That's so good. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it so much. So if somebody wanted to connect with you, they've absolutely loved you and thought, wow, that lady's single. I want to connect with her. No. <laughs> or they want to have your love and growth or, you know, maybe they've got some troubles with their children at school or they want to, you know, work with their children to improve them or with their staff or blah, blah, blah. How can they connect with you? Um, well, I'm on um, Facebook and Instagram for Kylie Ray of Life Coaching. Um, or I'm also on LinkedIn um, through for the education side of it, if you're wanting to connect through education. Um, so I'm on both those. Fantastic. And yeah. that is a wrap for podcast number 13. I appreciate your time and your knowledge, your experience on here today, Kylie. Thank you very much. Thanks, but let's wrap it up there. And may your day be amazing and chat soon. See you, people. Thanks, Thanks Dean. Bye.